0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I had my music all set that I want to share with you today, and suddenly my computer went crazy. So I'm going to go and find it for you again. It's a new song to me, in a new format, but one that we know very well. Jesus paid it all, and Jesus did pay it all. All right. So, plugs it in. so I Start want you to, car. I want you to be able to hear this. We're almost there. This is the joy of doing radio, along with with YouTube. I wish I had some simple, easy way to do it. All right. Here we go. Well, it's getting complicated again. Sorry for this delay. But I'm determined. I am going to play this wonderful, wonderful piece of music for you today. We'll try again uh, to find. It's from an organization uh, called the Worship Circle Hymns. By Kim Walker. For some reason I'm not able to get it today. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. And I'm trying to play for you a piece of music that is so powerful. Um. All right. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray. Welcome. Uh,
1: hey. Jesus died my soul to sin, my lips shall still be Jesus paid off, all, to him I owe. Sin have left a crimson stay he
0: washed me my best gold. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Today I want to talk to you about a very sensitive, sensitive subject. It's about recognizing the time of God's coming to us. Recognizing the time of God's coming to us. We've been through a a twisted, horrible time. And we are going through one of the most dangerous times in American history. I cannot think of any time in American history save that of the Civil War. And in some ways this is even more dangerous than the Civil War because we are in such financial difficulty. We have been separated from our farms, from our earth. We've been separated from each other. We've been separated in every direction. And now there is such hatred and bitterness. We've come to a place in our history We where we have to go back and search for where we miss Jesus. I don't know about you, but my heart has been so disturbed over the last weeks. I've been heartbroken. And as I have sat before the Lord, he's begun to say some things to me that I need to share with you. I need you to know that now is the time of God's coming to you. Jesus was making his way from Galilee on the upper road. He is just coming into Jericho, on his way to Jerusalem where he will be crucified. This is the final trip before his crucifixion. And as he is passing through the town, a lot of the people have joined with him. Remember, that's where he healed blind Bartimaeus. As he walks through the town and the crowds are jostling around him, they do not recognize the time of God's calling to them. God himself is walking through that town, and they don't recognize him. Some recognize him as a teacher, others as a miracle worker. But people really do not recognize him as the creator God of heaven and earth, or they would have fallen at his feet in utter awe. It's terrifying to think that God himself can come and walk among us and we not recognize him. The same thing is happening again today. God is coming. He's coming in mighty power. Do you recognize that now is the time of God's coming to you? One man, a sinner, (laughs) the chief tax collector. There's something in his heart. He wants to see Jesus. God is coming by. He wants to see this this Messiah. So Zacchaeus, a short little man, runs down the street ahead of where Jesus is, robes flapping, sandals slapping, and he climbs a sycamore tree. And there is that large branch he can sit on and he can look down where he can see the crowd underneath him as as Jesus passes. He just wants to see Jesus. Jesus comes to that place in the road, and he looks up, and he sees Zacchaeus. Jesus knows Zacchaeus' name. I want you to hear that. That's not a side note. Jesus knows your name. And he is calling you by name to come to him. Because now is the time of God's coming to you. Zacchaeus. Come down quickly. I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus' heart is suddenly aflame. Jesus is going to stay at his house. He climbs down, almost falling, I'm sure. He gladly welcomes Jesus. And all the people around begin to mutter and say, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus hears that, but it doesn't bother him. He knows he's a sinner. You know, I wonder, what about all those people? Jesus didn't turn to them and say, I want to come to your house today. He didn't turn to them and say, Can I have lunch at your house? It wasn't their time. They couldn't recognize that Jesus was among them, and they didn't invite him to their house. nothing in their heart said, go out on a limb. I love Zacchaeus. I love the story of Zacchaeus. It's almost as though until you get out on a limb, you won't know the time of God's coming to you. Are you out on a limb? Have you... Stretched yourself out to Jesus in such a way that you've embarrassed yourself? That people are talking about you because Jesus is coming to your house? Now, I don't know what Jesus said, It was his presence, but it was more than his presence. I'm sure he had some things to say to Zacchaeus. And then they had a meal together, and all the people outside had gathered in his large mansion. He was a very wealthy man. Zacchaeus stands up in the middle of this lunch, and he says to Jesus, Lord, look, here and now, he's making a covenant before God. Here and now, I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Well, of course, he's cheated many people. He's in charge of all the tax collectors in that region. He's a very wealthy man. And now he's willing to give up his money? You know, money tells me a lot about a person. You know, in the church, I've watched through the years, one person has an exact tithe of $123.50. While another man with the same income will round it up and give $200. Some people are are very exact. Look, let's make this $0.73. Let's be exact. Do you want God to be exact with you? Really? Do you want God to treat you like you treat him? Zacchaeus, somehow something happened in his heart. He recognized the coming of Jesus. And he gave away his fortune. Now, I need to go deeper with this. Zacchaeus loved money. He loved power. He loved prestige. He loved success. He was a very successful man. He was scorned by the Jewish people because he worked for Rome. And Rome was hated. But he didn't care that he was hated because what he most wanted was money. What he most wanted was lifestyle. And so he could party, he could drink, he could spend whatever he wanted on his luxurious home, he could buy whatever clothing he wanted. He had a life. And basically, he's saying to Jesus, I'll give you all that I have if I can have you, Jesus. We don't hear about Zacchaeus again, but I'm sure he was one of those faithful disciples, he was one who followed Jesus. This story of Zacchaeus is so troubling to me. It's so troubling to me because Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man is the son of Abraham for the son of man came to to seek and to save what was lost. Well, what was lost? the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. They were all lost. And Jesus came to seek and save, save from their sins. Adam's children. Eve's children. Now, let me get right down to it. This story really is not about money, although money is very much in the center. What this story is really about, to me, is that we all have some desire to see Jesus, or you would not be listening to this broadcast. There is a hunger in your heart as there was in Zacchaeus' heart to see Jesus. What's so stunning in this story is how quickly Zacchaeus crosses the bridge and burns it behind him. There is a hunger in our heart. There is a, a deep hunger in our heart. There is a loneliness in our heart. For we are not at home. We are we are aliens and strangers on this earth. All of us, all of mankind. We know we're going to die. but our heart is hesitant to go all in for Jesus. So some of you have been spending hours listening to various so-called prophets. You've been listening to the YouTubes and to the To the events that have transpired in America over the last couple months. You've been searching, just flipping through YouTube videos, or you've been searching for video games or you've been searching for a partner, someone who can love you, or someone who can just have sex with you. You've been searching in books and magazines. You've been searching in work. There are so many places that we work hard to find some stability and meaning. And part of what's happened in America is people have been isolated at home, and and so mental health experts are having a very difficult time because people are going crazy in this isolation because their, their binky is gone. They don't get to go out as much. They don't... They don't have access to their favorite restaurants or their, their work has collapsed. What I'm trying to say is that we all need to recognize how we avoid knowing the coming of Jesus in our lives. How we have avoided Doing what Zacchaeus did, cross over and burn our bridge. To become utterly and totally given over to Jesus. Now, there are several ways that we'll know when that has happened. We'll shut off the world's entertainment. It will have no attraction to our hearts. Right now, you could sit down and and watch some interesting television. Not even evil, just interesting television. And it would take up some time and it would allow you some veg and relax time. You can go do things that will allow you to have just some veg and relax time. Some of you get that by biking. And it's good. It's exercise. That's healthy. Some of you work out every day at the health club. Some of you put in extra hours working because your satisfaction comes from your work. What I'm trying to say is, We have a myriad of ways, some evil and some not evil, where we can avoid the coming of Jesus. Jesus knows you by name. He has an agenda for you. Do you know what his agenda is? Do you know what he wants with you? Do you know what your purpose is? You see and I have to tell you I've been guilty here. It's so it's so much easier to sit down and and read something that I've been wanting to read. The Lord is calling me to bury myself in the scriptures. And that's what I've made the determination to do. To bury myself before Jesus, burning my bridges. I could easily spend an afternoon watching a myriad of very interesting things on the internet. And when the evening comes and I have done all of the work I needed to do and I have accomplished my tasks and I have spent my, my leisure time watching interesting educational things, I'm still separated from life. And we each have only so much time. We're at a place where Jesus is coming by. Jesus did not go to eat with any of the people in the crowd. He went to Zacchaeus' house. Would Jesus have stopped and looked at you and said, Bill, come down quickly. I must stay at your house today. Or Bob, I must stay at your house today. Or Jeannie, I have to stay at your place. Well, I think he wouldn't have said that to anyone who was not out on a limb. Do you understand If you want Jesus, you're going to have to go out on a limb. And what do I mean? I mean, the first step toward Jesus is to put yourself out in an embarrassing way for Jesus Christ. It means you're going to have to cut off those places where you have had hidey caves. Where you have comforted the loneliness of your heart. My heart is lonely. I'll be very forward and tell you that my heart is very lonely. Not for human friends, not for success. My heart is lonely for Jesus. And yes, I have Jesus and I walk by faith. But I want more. I want more. But if I want more, I know that there are things, action steps, I must take or I will not have more. There are good things in my life that I am cutting off. It's typified by, by what I'm doing with my possessions. I've moved. I've moved into the new townhouse. I'm now unpacking and as i was unpacking i came to a a large beautiful multifaceted lead crystal bowl it is stunningly beautiful i haven't used it in several years i said why am i carrying that leaded crystal Yes, it was a wedding gift many years ago. But if I'm not using it, why do I need it? Well, there's something about my heart that wants to hold on to beautiful things. So on Sunday, it was down on the floor in one part of the kitchen where I had stacked all kinds of things. And I invited those who came to church, please look over everything that's on the floor there. Mugs, bowls, spoons, all kinds of things, platters. Please, candy dishes, lead crystal candy dishes please look over all of that and take whatever you want. And one woman said, do you mind if I take quite a bit? And I know where I can give it to others. I said, no, no, please take everything you want. So she took the clothes hamper that was there and she filled it up with all kinds of things, a beautiful uh, copper uh, baking pan stunningly beautiful, ornate brass work, copper work on the outside. She was delighted. Well, I was delighted that she took it. She said, do you really not mind if I take No, please, I'll mind if you don't take it. Well, what am I doing? I'm saying, Jesus, you're the one I want. And I'm going to travel light. And what I don't need, I don't want. What I don't need, I don't want. We as Americans have stashed so much stuff. We have loved our stuff. Well, for me, it's not about stuff. It's about Jesus. I want Jesus. Yes, I want a functional home where I can serve people. I want a functional home where I can meet with Jesus. But I do not want a luxurious home. I don't want to use the money Jesus gives me for my lifestyle. I want to use the money Jesus gives me to pay the basics and to give to the poor. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm going out on a limb. And some people have said to me, brother, you're being very foolish. You could sell these things. No, I want to give them. I want to give them to people who will enjoy them, who will use them. (laughs) I'm not getting at this very well today, and I apologize for that. Let me come at it another way. We as American Christians and I include myself here, have found a myriad of ways to comfort our heart without being totally given to Jesus. We don't want to spend the hours in the prayer closet. I called a friend on Sunday morning. And it was not early, but his hair was all tousled. And I noticed on his forehead, it looked like a a burn of some kind. He said, you see my carpet mark, I've been praying. Oh, how I love seeing a carpet mark on someone's forehead. Because they've been praying. They've been down on their face before Almighty God. See, this is what it's going to take. This is, this is where we need to be going. We don't need to be spending hours watching television. That was why I put mine in the garbage. We don't need to be spending hours on the internet watching even good things. We don't need to be spending excess hours in lifestyle or job. We need to be spending every moment we can searching after Jesus and asking him to come to our house and eat with us. We need to ask Jesus if he would come like he came to Zacchaeus. I want you to know today is the day of the Lord's coming to you. Do you have time for him? Do you have room for him? Is your heart filled with stuff and desires? Do you think you're entitled? Do you think people owe you something? Do you imagine that God owes you something? Do you honestly believe that you deserve something good from God? Zacchaeus did not deserve to have Jesus come to his house. But because he went out on a limb, Jesus chose him. If you want Jesus to choose you, if you want Jesus to come to your house, then you're going to have to go out on a limb. You're going to have to take specific actions that will tell Jesus that you're serious. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's you stop drinking those sodas. You stop eating those desserts. You turn away from your ice cream every night. All of those are are binkies. They're things that we comfort ourselves with There's no nutritional value, but we comfort ourselves. Some of you comfort yourselves with your sports, with beer, with alcohol. Some of you comfort yourself with thoughts, vain imaginations. I said to one man, when are you going to stop talking about what you're going to do? And when are you going to start doing it? He's a single man. He wants a wife. He's unemployed right now. And he keeps talking about how he, he, he wants a job. But when I pressed him on what he's doing to get a job... Well, he sent out maybe one resume. He's lazy. He's not doing what he has to do to get a job. And he he has this lady friend who is not a Christian. Many miles away. And he keeps saying maybe she'll become a Christian and then we could get together. Vain imagination. The Lord is not going to bring a wife to this man until he demonstrates in the real world his practical, total commitment to Jesus. Now, what I'm trying to address today is our desperate dishonesty before God and the way we will try every possible avenue to satisfy our hungers and our needs but still not go to Jesus and lay our life down I'm asking you today would you identify where you have been spending all of that time and energy where you have where you have not yet cut off those things that entertain and satisfy you, that keep you from entering into Jesus. And when I say you must go out on a limb, I'm talking about risking the psychological loneliness when you cut off the alcohol when you cut off the party time, when you cut off the entertainment on the Internet and you stop watching the videos by the hour, where instead your heart is to seek after God, where you're so hungry for Him That you'll go out on a limb for him. And you'll say, Jesus, okay, I give you all that I have. I never forget I did a job club many years ago and helped people who were unemployed find work. And one man well-educated, intelligent, articulate, talented. He came to the job club month after month and was not able to get a job. I finally said to him, I think I know what the problem is. Are you living on savings and other sources of income? Yes. I said, in other words, you're telling me you don't have to have a job. You just want a job. That's true, Pastor. I said, well, why don't you stop wasting your time and our time? And why don't you take that savings money that you have and just give it to the poor? Then come back here next week and be prepared to be serious because you have to have a job or you will be foreclosed on on your house he said what you want me to put myself in that kind of danger yes and then you'll get a job well he came back the next week and he was he was laughing and he said pastor i did what you said I made a vow not to touch any more savings. That week he got a job. (laughs) He went out on a limb. You will not find Jesus until you go out on a limb. You must be able to recognize the time of God's coming to you. And he has come to you time after time after time after time. But you have been consumed by your thoughts and by your desires and by your hungers. And you have satisfied yourself at broken cisterns. You've satisfied yourself with thoughts, with worldly entertainments with good things but not things that will draw your heart into heaven. Those things must be utterly cut off. You're going to have to go out on a limb if you want Jesus. Now, let me tell you. You can do this voluntarily or you can die and not be included in the kingdom of God. Or you can continue in America as American dollar dies and the whole system collapses and then you're at the verge of starvation. Would you then turn to Jesus? What would it take in your life to go the ultimate step and lay yourself down for Jesus. Cutting off every psychological comfort. Cutting off physical comfort. And recognizing that now is the time of Jesus coming to you. And lay it on the line. What will it take for you to do that? How desperate does God have to make you? How uncomfortable does God have to make you in the physical emotional and spiritual realm before you will finally turn to him and say, okay, okay, you're everything to me, Jesus. I lay it all down. I want you. Now, you know if you've been frittering away your time and energy if you've been spending your time working to earn money, if you've been doing all of the things you think you need to do, you know in your heart if God has been calling you and you've been saying no to him because you're too busy. You're too full of television, internet, sports. Too full of everything that you want to turn to Jesus. I want to tell you just straight up, the only thing that will satisfy your heart, the only place you will ever find true rest is in the man and the God, Jesus Christ. There is no place of rest other than him. Whatever you go after, you will soon be bored with. You will never be bored with Jesus. So, what will you do? Lord Jesus, I know that today is the day of your coming for many who are listening to this broadcast. And I'm asking Jesus in your mighty power that they would go out on a limb and say, I must have Jesus. And that you would say today, salvation has come to this house because they went out on a limb and wanted me. And I gave myself to them. Lord, thank you. I pray your blessing for every person who's listened to this broadcast. I pray for your convicting power to move in force in their hearts. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. nationalprayerchapel.com. There you'll find videos and podcasts, many things to help you on this journey with Jesus.
1: God bless you, my brother my sister. I love you.
0: I'll talk to you soon. This
1: is WAV.